Hi, Emmaus. Welcome back to the Proclaim and Display podcast, episode 19, where we help you show and tell the gospel to your neighbors and the nations. I'm back in the studio today with Jaron, but again, no Kennedy. Wow, isn't this like two in a row? It is, but Kennedy will be back soon, I I promise. Good Uh, deal, good deal. But during today's podcast recording, she's preparing one of her mission teams for a trip this summer, so... They're not on a jet plane right now, but she's preparing them for how to act when they get on a jet plane in the go. summer. So that's the that's where she is. So even though we don't have Kennedy, we do have two other amazing ladies with us today, Joy Carl and Sahara Wiles. Yes, Welcome, ladies. good to have you all. Thank you. Hello. 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 So if you've been around Emmaus for a while, you might not know Joy and Sahara. They're relatively new to our church, but... Uh, they have absolutely jumped in, which I love. Uh, connecting across generations, encouraging people, serving with our kids. Uh, we're, we're recording this immediately after the Sunday worship service on the 12th. What is today? I have no idea. 16th. 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 Did one of you guys like work with kids just before this? I did, you yes. You did? Do an elevate or do an extended session? Extended session. So you had with, the little ones. With three-year-olds, yep. Oh, yeah. Nothing like going from three-year-olds to the uh, to the podcast studio. So that's awesome. No, I love I love the fact that you guys have joined, but this is not like a join and sit on the sidelines join. Like you guys have absolutely jumped in the middle of it, which has been been really cool. So Emmaus, Joy, and I, if I've got the story right, and I think I do, we first met at Oklahoma Baptist University because. Uh, one of the committees that I work with as part of being on the board of trustees is a committee that's connected to Joy's job at OBU. So Joy, tell us what you do at OBU, kind of your role there. Yes. So I work in campus life and I'm the director of international students and disability services. So it's kind of a unique role because I deal with two different populations. Right, right. So the the committee that I work with at OBU is called the Campus Life Committee. And so it oversees just kind of student life in general there at OBU. And that's how we we connected, right? Does yes. That, does that sound like the right story? How long yes. have you been at OBU? Um, this is my sixth year at oh, OBU. Wow. Okay, I didn't realize you've been there. That's great. So I love that. So back up a little bit and tell us some of your story. Uh, how has God, even backing all the way up to childhood, how has God kind of led your path to this point, Joy? Yeah, so I grew up in a strong Christian home and came to Christ when I was very little. Um, and then through Where'd the, you grow up? Where's home? I, I grew up in New Jersey. Oh, nice. So Jersey. if my accent shows it, that would be why. I think this is our first New Jersey uh, person on the podcast here. So uh, Maybe the first person I've ever known. <laughs> is anybody ever actually from New Jersey? So apparently uh, they are. See, now, awesome. now it sounds biblical, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. Yeah, exactly. From Nazareth. Yeah, I love it. Um, so growing up in a Christian home, came to Christ early, grew up in Christian school, and then I went to Cedarville University and, you know, grew in my faith there. And God Is that the one in Kentucky? Ohio. Ohio. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, I was off. But yeah, okay, Ohio. Yeah. Yes. And so God really gave me a heart for the nations from a young age. My church had a very strong missions program. So I grew up with missionaries coming to my house and they were like extended family to me. And so I think God used that to give me a heart for working with international students. So just taking that as your background, did you grow up in, was it a Baptist church background, another denomination, non-denominational? What kind of church background? It was Baptist, but in New Jersey, we don't have as many Southern Baptists. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you grew up that, so you you go to Cedarville, then what does life look like after Cedarville? Where does God take you at that point? So after Cedarville, I actually went to China and worked with orphan children there for a bit. Um, and then I went to graduate school at Biola in California. Yeah. 
Does that take you directly to OBU? Are there no, stops in between? Or, yes. Uh, yeah. So Oklahoma is the ninth state that I've lived in. Oh my in. goodness. And then I've lived in Korea and China as well. Wow. There you go. So uh, you've lived in enough places for like a dozen people. I, I feel like I've lived a few lives. Yeah. Yes. Wow. So staying in one place for six years, this is, is this like. This is my record. Is this a record? Whoa. I was going to ask you if this was saying a record. Yes. So uh, yeah. When, when I think Amanda and I, when we made either year five or year six here at Emmaus, that was our record of being one one place for a while. So uh, so year six years, that's awesome. I, I have that. no idea what that's like. Because you've been in the what same place for I mean, how old am I? Yeah, <laughs> you've been there that long. So uh, that that's so cool. I love that. So uh, bringing Sahara in on this this conversation here, you met Joy at OBU, I assume. Is that the connection? How'd you yes. guys meet? Okay, so the summer before my senior year, I had gotten really sick. And so the sickness caused me to have a blood clot and it actually caused a disability. And so I was on a walker for eight months during my senior year, but I needed accommodations and Joy was there to help. (laughs) So she set me up, she toured, she helped me tour the buildings to show me where the ramps were. And if I had any issues in class with anything, she was there to help. I love it. I love it. And a friendship was born from that. Oh my goodness. uh, Yes. Oh my goodness. That's so cool. So, so back up and tell us your story, Sahara, like, uh, backing up and then leading to OBU. What's your story? Okay, so I'm from a divorced family, and so I was kind of, my grandparents played a huge role in leading me to Christ. They um, had strong foundations. They would take me to church when I was, I could, between switching homes and everything. Did you grow up in Oklahoma? I did. I did. I'm homegrown. Yeah. Been here all my life. Um, But I feel, I knew about Christ, and I knew he loved me, but I never fully committed the way I should have. And so when I got sick, it changed my whole perspective. It showed me his love for me and he saved me. I do not deserve to be here. And he mm-hmm. just had so much mercy on me. And so that really showed me what it was like to fully commit and to be a Christian yeah. and to live for him. No, I love that. I love that part of your story. What, uh, I don't know if I've ever asked you this, what led you to OBU? How, how'd you end up going, where, where did you go to high school and then what led to OBU? Okay, so I graduated from Western Heights and this might sound silly, nope. but it was the easiest application. Oh. I did it. <laughs> <laughs> That's so great, I love that. I, I didn't want to write an essay and my sister actually went to OBU and she loved it. And I was like, oh, okay, well, this is where I'm going. <laughs> That's, that's Path awesome. of least resistance. Yes. Right? You know what? Of all the reasons I've heard of somebody ending up in OBU, that might be the first one I've heard with like yeah. the easiest application. So uh, no, that's that's really fun. And did you end up cheering for a while there, or you did some I other did. activities there? Um, so. God is so good. Oh my goodness! I started cheering my junior year of high school, and then I was able to cheer for a year there, my freshman year. Yeah. And yeah, to yeah. be able to. T- Cheer yeah. in college. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it was like cool. a dream come true. It's That's awesome. awesome. That's so much fun. No, I, I love that part about your story. And we're going to come back around at the end of the podcast because we're almost at the year mark that you were baptized uh, here at Emmaus, showing people, telling people what God had done in your life. And there's a really special poem that you wrote. It kind of tells more about your story. So we're going to come back at around the end and Joy is going to break that poem back out from, from a year <laughs> ago and read that because I wanted so badly for us to have uh, just an audio recording of that and to tie that into to you guys and your story. I've been thinking about uh, for leading up to today's sermon, just thinking about the idea of in the middle of all of our difficulties and all of our pain, our problems, uh, the role of praise and prayer and how we, we look up to God in the midst of that. And so 
at Emmaus, when we talk about looking up and, and living a life of prayer and praise, Jaron, jump in for a second. Talk yeah. about one of the events that mm. is coming up okay. soon. And say, Sarah, you, you work with the ministry, women's ministry some, so you jump in as well and, and fill in some of this. But tell us about one of the events coming up here. Yeah, so... Uh, yeah, with the, the leadership of the women's ministry team has just had a desire to create a, an evening where ladies can come together and be encouraged in their faith uh, through prayer and praise. And so uh, that's going to be happening on April 30th at 530. It's going to be in our worship center. It's going to be a fairly intimate uh, time of worship, not a whole lot of instruments, fairly simple, uh, straightforward. And, uh, and then Amy Peterson, who I'm just now learning about, uh, more in depth is going to be, uh, sharing a word with the ladies at night. And I, I just keep hearing a lot of positive things about her in particular. And yeah, joy. can I yeah, jump in real quick? Yeah, fill in the yes. story that is getting better by the moment here. So, uh, yes. Yeah. So Amy Peterson is the wife of my boss, Brandon Peterson, and they're an incredible couple. And I've heard Amy speak at chapel at OBU before and just, she's great at really encouraging people and sharing the word. And I'm excited. I'm coming. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, that's really Sahara, anything else you want to add? You want to jump in? or All the ladies come. Yeah, It'll be come. an awesome event. So. No, no, that's so cool. I think so. The, sorry to cut in, no. but I, I think the idea of the whole night is just that whole identity piece of like mm-hmm. finding your worth in, in Christ and what he has done, not in other things or circumstances. And so everything's going to be kind of geared towards that uh, that point. So just kind of fleshing out the gospel in our lives a little bit in that way. So I think it's going to be a great night. Yeah. Ladies, yes. you should come. There yes. you go. So, so let's let's talk for a second. We have a couple of minutes here uh, before we wrap up. But one of the things we're trying to do on the podcast is take people's stories and then use that to encourage Emmaus about how we live out our faith. What does it look like to follow the Lord? And so thinking a little bit about that idea of prayer, praise, the role of those things in our lives. Joy, Sahara, you guys jump in here. Jaron, help us, help us think through this. What has God been teaching you about prayer and praise? What has God been teaching you about worship? Anything anything stand out in particular? Go for it. You took I a breath. Say, when I was sick, um, I couldn't hold down any food. I couldn't move. I mean, I was losing, I lost 20 pounds in two weeks. Mm-hmm. And But I would say it began to change when my mom and I were in the car. We were driving to the ER for the third time. And she had Kayla playing on the radio. And we were both crying, but we started to sing. Mm. We both started to sing. And after that moment, I believe everything turned for the better. Mm-hmm. It wasn't initially, you know, our, my circumstances didn't change for months, almost a year. But I remember that being significant and praising. Like, praise does break down prison yeah. doors. And wow. So that's what stands out. Now one of us has to go after that. So uh, <laughs> no, that's that's really good. Well, I think just to piggyback on what you're saying a little bit, um, I think it's really easy when we talk about praise in particular that that kind of gets put into a preferential conversation. Like you're either a singer, or you like to sing, or you like music. Like Owen, you've said before, you're not like that's not. Oh, you're taking the words out of what I was going to say here in a few minutes. Well, okay, so you well, keep you keep I, going. Yeah, well, we're going to go down that path. It's really so. easy to just kind of categorize it as something that that's well, that's just for people who like it and enjoy it. And you just over and over you see in Scripture how God is commanding us to sing, and uh, we shouldn't take His commands lightly because they are for our good. And 
it's actually a help. It's like it's like telling my kid, hey, you should probably stay out of the street when you ride your bike because bad things can happen. Um, and a, maybe in a strange way, God is commanding us to sing because there are some benefits that God wants to invite us to enjoy when we're in horrible circumstances. So. I don't know if that yeah, segues that's, well. That's what, no, no, that's what I was thinking about because for somebody who isn't naturally drawn to music and doesn't have a singing voice and those type of things, it'd be easy for me to discount praise. And yet uh, the things that stand out would be how much part of this is just cover for your own voice, but how much it means <laughs> to sing when you're around other people who are singing. You know, music's not going to be a, a huge part of my life just on a daily I live in a house where people just randomly break out into song, you know, like <laughs> going through the day. So I, I understand that, that reality. That's just not me. But, but the gift of, of being able to worship God with other people. And you talk about this a lot, Jaren. It's, we're singing up to God, but we're also singing to one another. And mm-hmm. not, not the words, but the encouragement that we're, we're worshiping together. And so that's always, that's always been a big part of it for me and for somebody from somebody who naturally is not going to feel especially emotive or the idea of raising your hands or Mm. doing those type of things in worship. One of the things I have to remember is we're called to worship God with our, our whole body. Like that's, that's how he's made us. And so naturally I might stand there with my arms to the side, you know, looking semi-stoic, but I know that doesn't match who God is and what we're singing about. And so the way praise kind of draws us out of ourselves and reorients us toward God. Um, again, it doesn't mean you have to raise your hands or do anything in particular, but just remembering like we're fully engaged yeah. in, in who God's made us to be. Well, so, I mean, look at the Psalms. I mean, oh, yeah, they're falling on their knees, a, falling on their faces. There's a lot um, of expressiveness to that yeah. engagement for sure. Yeah. Um, Joy, I, th- I cut you off a second ago. So no, one of the things that I've really appreciated about Emmaus is how, in the worship context, we talk about how some people may be at a place where they're hurting. And when I first came to Emmaus, um, you know, I was going through a hard time. I lost my dad to cancer in December of 2019, and so that's something that really drew me here was that. You preach biblically and you also preach compassionately. Mm -hmm. And many times in worship, Jaron brings up about how you may not be at a place where you feel like worshiping or you may be hurting. And I think that that's been a real encouragement to me of the aspect of this is a place also for hurting people and that we are a community worshiping together. Oh, that's really good. Yeah. Because going back to the Psalms, you think about when we hear praise, I'm guilty of immediately thinking happy or, you know, like it's where sometimes the Psalms, that praise is it's praise in the middle of a lot of pain and and a lot of hurt. And yet we continue, you know, uh, he gives and he takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Like how in those times that you're turning back to the Lord. And so I think about a few years ago, there was a guy in our church who was going through a really hard time and he was a part of the choir and there was going to be a choir special that morning, that morning. And he was like, I just, I'm hurting too bad. I just don't think I can get up there. And we talked through it and we talked, we talked about how music is almost a form of spiritual uh, battling against spiritual warfare. Like you singing in that Mm -hmm. moment, even when you are hurting so badly, you don't feel like it, you're battling back against darkness. You're battling back against the pain and the difficulty. And Mm -hmm. so singing is one of those uh, uh, 
forms of spiritual warfare, I think. What is, is it Psalm 42? Uh, the psalmist goes, why is my soul in turmoil within me? Mm. I, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here. Yeah. Um, but he says, yet I will praise the Lord. Like he knows he's not where he wants to be, but he's still going to praise the Lord in the midst of it. And uh, I think that's helpful. And I think too, for me, like I, I think one of the, the better things that has been helpful to me is when I'm struggling, doubting, trying to be probably too introspective about where I'm at with the Lord or whatnot is, you know, for me and my wife to talk about where is the spirit at work, you know. And, you know, we were in my small group Sunday school class this morning. We were looking at Ephesians 5 and um, be filled with the spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. Like that is a, like in the midst of our struggle, in the midst of our pain, the fact that we don't isolate, like you mentioned this morning in the sermon, but that we do engage the Lord. We we pray, we seek him and we praise and we receive that encouragement from others when we attend our worship services. Like that is the spirit at work in our lives. Yeah. And that's not to be taken lightly. No, like, not at all. There's an alternative that takes us down a road where we say goodbye mm-hmm. and try to deal with it on our own. Um, so I, I think that's an important thing to think about in prayer and praise too, how the spirit ignites and draws us into prayer and praise as well. And I think that prayer and praise, I mean, the distinction between the two is just so uh, gray. Like the, they're yeah. so they're so closely connected together. So thinking about uh, thinking about prayer, anything that you guys been, what's the Lord been showing you lately about prayer? Is there anything you've been working through? Anything you've been thinking about on on that topic? I'd say intentionally taking the time to just talk to him Mm -hmm. because sometimes it's like, thank you, Lord, you know, for the blessings I have, you know, thank you for this and this and this, and then that's it. Yeah. But it's like telling him about what's within my heart, telling him about what I'm desiring, telling him about what I'm struggling with and asking for his help. So having that personal talk with God, I think that's what he's been working on. And and you've started a new job this last year that requires some prayer. Is that right? Oh my goodness. Tell us about about your job, like what you started doing that requires prayer. Okay. So I am a fourth grade elementary teacher and I have 115 kids that I am responsible for. Um, We have five different classes, but I work for Oklahoma City Public Schools. And so we have a lot of inner city kids, um, kids who do not have the best home life and just trying to show them um, what it's like to love others. You know, even though you might not come from the best background, you can still be a light to others. And, you know, kindness is huge within my classroom. I try to teach them kindness, um, to keep trying, to keep going, to have hope. And, but yes, prayer is mandatory. I was say, when, when I think about a job that would drive us to prayer, like you have that job, Sarah. Like yes. I, I love that. I love that for sure. So Joy, I know you pulled out your phone there for a second. Uh, if you were looking for the, uh, for, for Sahara's poem. Yeah. When I think about, were you going to say something about prayer before I cut well, you off? No, I, I think for me to answer that question, um, I think by God's grace, there has been a work of prayer in my life from the standpoint of that whole praying without ceasing where mm-hmm. I just, it just, I just, I kind of naturally find myself. And I think he, he's developed that in me through circumstances that are hard and difficult, finding your place where you're at the end of your rope and you're like, you have nowhere else to reach. And so it, it, it kind of has created a rhythm of just at any moment, uh, pray for me, what I, 
I think because of schedule and whatnot, it's like trying to be more regular of carving out, not snippets, but chunks of time where I just sit and I be still. And so that that's kind of a, an ongoing work in me right now, where what, is it, what does it mean to, to sit, to abide, to be still, to be silent before the Lord? And, uh, and so one in which I'm asking for the Spirit's help yeah, to do yeah, that yeah. in me. I know for me in prayer, uh, having a prayer journal that I write in has been a mm. real game changer for me. Um, I need to grow in exactly what you're talking about. Inevitably, uh, I don't think of myself as an easily distracted person. I'm oh an easily goodness. distracted person. Oh, my mm. goodness. Like, you know, you're praying and then your mind goes off in this yeah. direction and this yes. direction. And you're like, what in the world am I doing here? And so there's something about writing out those prayers and just in the moment being focused and trying to trying to get that. I had a teacher in college that talked about how ideas untangle themselves over the lips and through the fingertips. And mm. so when stuff gets tangled in your head and you're having trouble making sense of it and you feel overwhelmed, you're unsure, those ideas untangle themselves either as we speak, so they untangle themselves over the lips, I just need to talk to somebody about it, or they untangle themselves through the fingertips. Like if I write it, then I have to get it out of my mind and get it onto a piece of paper or in, into a prayer journal. And so I know that's been a, that's been a big, big thing for me. I, I think too, to add on top of that, to help with the distraction piece is kind of getting over myself a little bit where, you know, it's okay to <laughs> lean on like a valley of vision. There's, there's prayers oh, already pre, put pre-written prayers. Pre-written yeah, prayers yeah. And even using scripture to like oh, pray scripture. And so such a good practice, where yeah. I feel like I have to create the content <laughs> or, you know, fight the distraction, whatever, like lean into those things as a means to connect your heart to the Lord um, and feel free with that. Yeah. It's a big help. And to make the connection here at the end, because I know we just passed our 20 minute mark, but to make the connection, uh, thinking about, I've been thinking about this idea of writing out prayers and things like this. And then it's one thing to write it out. And then there's another thing when you write it out in a really beautiful, poetic way about something that God's done in your life. And so, um, Sahara, I really mean this. Like when I think about that, I think about this poem that you, you wrote about God's work in your life and that, that was read at your baptism um, last year. And, and that was such a special moment yep. for, for me. And I know so many people in our, in our church family. And so thinking about having you and Joy on the podcast today, I wanted us to end, if it was okay, by having Joy read, read that poem if she could. Yes. So yes, of course. Joy, would you, would you take it? And after you read this, I'll pray for us and we'll wrap up. Okay. A modern miracle. It's like my world was flipped with a blink of an eye, no warning or hint, no inkling or sign. One day I was working, waitressing night and day. The next I wake up in a hospital is where I stay. Unable to eat, unable to move. God, I had no idea what you were about to do. I asked you to mend my mom and I's relationship, yearning for that love. The next thing I knew, she was bathing me in the tub. I wanted to spend the summer with my grandparents, knowing that on earth, time has a limit. The next thing I knew, they were with me every single minute. God, I wanted these things, so sure that you would provide, but I never anticipated what all this would imply. My independence meant the world to me, so stubborn and sure that if anything happened, I could endure. I relied on myself, thinking I was relying on you, and it turns out that was far from the truth. I never asked for help, how silly that would be, only to end up relying on everyone but me. My body was dying, I was unable to walk. Then Jesus came and we had a talk. 
I kept begging him, Lord, I want to go home. He replied with, My child, remember who is on the throne. If I wanted you home, you'd be right here with me. But your time is not done. Here are my eyes so you can see. You have a family who loves you, friends to hold your hand. Financially, I'll help you, but I need you to understand. Although you are in pain, I have the strength to help you endure. This is the bread of affliction. You need this to help you learn. Lean on me, my child. Let me carry you through. Let me show you how good I am by showing you the truth. Your grandparents will teach you how to live by the word, how to accept help, and of a different type of verse. They will each teach you the power of prayer and the importance of trusting in me, the definition of love and focus on eternity. These lessons are worth the price, a matter of life and death. It will be worth it, but you're not finished yet. He saved me from dehydration, starvation as well. He saved me from an embolism and an eternal life in hell. I wanted to change, bound by the chains of sin. The next thing I knew, you saved me yet once again. Hmm. Let's pray. God, thank you for your power and your love and your salvation. God, thank you for Sahara and Joy and what they mean to me and to our church family. God, your work in their lives and just thinking about your faithfulness to them and there's so many things and so many places. God, I pray that their stories would be an encouragement to our church. God, I pray that their stories uh, would drive us to a life of prayer and praise. And we know sometimes that happens in the best of times and sometimes in our darkest moments. We, we're just called to turn back to you and trust you. And so, God, thank you for this conversation. Thank you for your love and faithfulness and salvation. And, God, thank you for these ladies. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Love you, Emmaus. We'll see you later.